convoluted and incomprehensible are not ingredients you find in a good mystery. There was a podcast called The Sequel Cast that talked about movies. Movies. And they also talked about something else called movies. Movies. It's The Sequel Cast. Oh yeah, the sequel cast. It's the sequel cast. www.sequelcast.com. This is the host, Uncle Milkshake, and you are listening to the Sequel Cast, a podcast where we look at movies in a franchise, one movie at a time. Although in this episode we'll be talking about the Two Jakes, the little-known sequel to Chinatown, I do want to point out late in the show we have a special treat for listeners. We have a quiz regarding movie quotes. Now, if you can identify movies that the quotes are from, send your answers to uh, our email address at sequelcast at gmail.com. Again, that sequelcast at gmail.com is where you can send answers to the movie quiz. And the winner uh, might get a prize. There's a strong possibility of that. So we'll definitely announce the winner on the next week's episode of the sequel cast. So send those answers for the quiz to sequelcast at gmail.com. The deadline to send the answers will be by May 2nd. All right? As another special bonus for this episode, let's take a brief look at Jack Nicholson's career overall. You know, we've talked about Chinatown, and we've talked about The Two Jakes. Overall, he's done so many films in his career, it's interesting that an actor that's been around for so long, I mean, he's been acting since 1958, so over half a century worth of performances, that he can still be in high demand and still be a pretty popular actor, at least among the right crowd or classic film fans like uh, listeners of the sequel cast. So why don't we look at the period in between Chinatown and uh, The Two Jakes? So Chinatown came out in 1974. As we look at that, we can see Chinatown came out 1974, with Chuck Nicholson, of course, playing the lead as Jake Giddes. Now, after that, he did a film called The Fortune, which uh, teamed up Jack Nicholson with his pal Warren Beatty, and it's called, uh, directed by Mike Nichols, who did movies, you know, such as The Graduate. Mike Nichols is a very well-respected director. And yet, it was a film that wasn't a hit, despite uh, the cast members in it. But afterwards, there's another film like Chinatown that was really defining for Jack Nicholson's career, and that is the part of Randall McMurphy in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. 1975, directed by Milos Forman. Milos Forman would later direct Amadeus. And uh, he also had directed the musical of Hair. So, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I haven't seen this one in a while, but it's I recall it being great, really interesting. You have a, a younger Danny DeVito and Christopher Lloyd in this movie as well. It's a drama sent in a uh, mental institution. And, you know, Jack Nicholson gets to go a bit loose, gets to go a bit crazy. After that, also in 75, he did uh, a film called The Passenger. Now, I have not seen this one, but, uh, you know, from what I know, it's not something that, again, was a smash hit, and Jack Nicholson as an actor 
that would take time. He wouldn't do purely commercial stuff all the time. He would kind of go back and forth. It sort of depends. So, in fact, you know, 75, not only did Cuckoo's Nest come out and The Passenger uh, came out, he had a small part uh, in a rock musical called Tommy, based on the uh, concept album by The Who, and that was directed by uh, Ken Russell. And so when Tommy Jack Nicholson actually sings, it was something where he happened to be in uh, London at the time, working on another film, and he was brought on, and he was brought on to do the part. It was like a few days shoot, and uh, once you hear him singing this, you realize why well, he doesn't do it that much in uh, in movies anymore. So it's three films in '75, '76. His Missouri Breaks, directed by Arthur Penn, sort of a western that stars Marlon Brando and Jack Nicholson. I haven't seen it. But yet the box office gross domestically was only $14 million, despite starring Marlon Brando and Jack Nicholson, two very big stars at the time. So then let's skip over some of the next movies. I'll just go by what I know later in his filmography. 1980 was another big one for Jack Nicholson, The Shining. He plays the lead, Jack Torrance. And although it has some differences from the original novel by Stephen King, uh, you know, it's a Stanley Kubrick movie. I think it's fantastic. I just saw this uh, this past Christmas again. It's wonderful. It's scary. It's it's funny. It's uh, certainly better than the uh, whatever it is like four hour long miniseries of The Shining that was done in the '90s, starring Steven Weber in the lead. It's tough to compete with Zach Nicholson after he slowly turns crazy. Other big hits Nicholson did before he did uh, the Two Jakes was Percy's Honor was a big film that he was in where he started with Angelica Houston. Terms of Endearment was a huge, uh, sort of like chick flick, directed and uh, written by James Earl Brooks, who was also one of the producers on the Simpsons TV show. But um, Terms of Endearment, it stars Jeff Daniels, and uh, John Lithgow is in it as well, and Shirley MacLaine, Deborah Wiener. You know, even though it can be a bit melodramatic, I, I think it's a good movie. You just have to be in the right mood for it. It's melodramatic, but hey, for me it works. Uh, you know, another big commercial film he did was Witches of Eastwick as a sort of devil character, Daryl Van Horn. And, uh, of course, the biggest role as as far as uh, in movies that made tons and tons of money before The Two Jakes was he did Batman playing, of course, the Joker right before The Two Jakes. So we just took a brief look, skipping over back-and-forth uh, films Jack Nicholson did in between Chinatown and The Two Jakes. Hope you enjoyed that little bit of... Uh, context there, and now on to the show proper, talking about The Two Jakes. Hello, this is the sequel cast. I'm your host, Jack Nicholson. With me is my other host, Jack Nicholson. How's everybody doing in podcast land? We're the two Jacks talking about the second film in the uh, Chinatown. So far, it's just a duology. It's called... The the two Jacks talk about the two Jakes. That's exactly right, Jack. It's called the two Jakes. Of course, I'm I'm still hoping for a trilogy, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. You never know. You know, Jack Nicholson was talking about a, a third film in the series. It's always been planned called Gettys versus Gettys. Ladies. You know, brother, I like the way you talk. You're kind of you're kind of little little down south, a little husky in the furland, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, boy, do I ever. So, the two Jakes... Are you coming on to me? We'll find out later in the show. So, well, 
I, I know I know you're pretty familiar with happy ending. Happy endings is something neither Chinatown nor the two Jakes has. Let me go a little what, bit what, into. Yes. You're sounding crazy. You mean to tell me you've never gone down to Chinatown for a happy ending? I might have gone down to Chinatown for a happy ending, but as far as the film's concerned, that's not a... It has a depressing ending, and so does The Two Jakes, for that matter. The Two Jakes is a sequel to Chinatown that a lot of people don't even realize was made in the first place. You wouldn't know it was a sequel. It's not like it's the it's Chinatown 2 or Chinatown 2 Jakes. Sure. And it's almost like they snuck it on us. They didn't want us to know. Well, you look at older films like Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry, all their sequels, it never says Dirty Harry 2, Magnum Force. It's just called Magnum Force. Or Dirty Harry 3 is called The Enforcer. Or you have some other old films where they don't have the uh, a number after the title to let you know it's a sequel. It's kind of confusing. And uh, The Two Jakes was a film in development for a very long time. Chinatown came out in 1974. Originally, it didn't come out until 1990, full, a full six years after Chinatown. Or, I'm sorry, a full 16, 16 years, years after Chinatown, six years after The Witches of Eastwick. Sure, and the thing you have to keep in mind is The Two Jakes was originally planned to be made almost uh, a decade after the first one, in uh, a little bit over a decade, in 1985. It was going to be directed by Robert Town, who wrote the first film and wrote this second film. And his only film he directed before that was A Personal Best, a movie about women's track and field team preparing for the 1980 Olympics, starring Mariel Hemingway. But Man, I tell you, ain't that always the way you're, you're doing something in Hollywood, acting, writing, what have you, but, but deep down inside, everybody wants to direct. <laughs> sure. Well, this first pass at the two Jakes fell apart because the producer, Robert Evans, was supposed to star as the second Jake character in the movie with Jack Nicholson. And Robert Evans had acted early in his career before he became a producer of such films as the original Chinatown and The Godfather and Love Story. and uh, But he wasn't that good of an actor. And because of big arguments between him, Jack Nicholson, and uh, Robert Town, it fell apart, this original 85 take on the story, so it didn't get made until 1990. And Jack Nicholson did not want to direct it. He offered it to directors such as Roman Polanski, who had done the original Chinatown and at that time did a movie called Frantic, starring Harrison Ford. He also offered it to Bernardo Bertolucci, who did a film called The Last Emperor, a very famous uh, foreign film. And Mike Nichols, who did Working Girl with Harrison Ford, and uh, a lot of other, he later did movies like The Birdcage, you know. He wasn't didn't want to do this film either, so Jack Nicholson had to take it upon himself to uh, direct the two Jakes. Hey, man, sometimes you just got to martyr yourself on a creative altar, you know. Sure. And the two Jakes, we had a a guest on the sequel cast last week called Dennis... Boy, did we ever. Sure, Dennis McDougal. He wrote a biography called Five Easy Decades, how Jack Nicholson became the biggest movie star of modern times. And when you look at what he did, he... On the show, he called the two Jakes a steaming pile of crap. Now, I wouldn't go that far with the two Jakes, but it's no Chinatown. And part of the problem, looking at this, 
is Chinatown was is such a American film classic. Any sort of sequel is going to have such a standard to live up to. It almost cannot live up to the original by default. I know. I mean, looking at this movie, you'd almost think it was a prequel directed by George Lucas. <laughs> Can you think of other movies that had sequels where the original was, uh, you know, such a classic that the sequel had to suffer by comparison? I sort of think of Godfather 3 compared to Godfather 1 and 2. Well, you know what I think of? I think of Mannequin Tube on the run. I mean, let's face it. Mannequin was no spring chicken. They didn't have far to fall, but Mannequin, too, found a way to plummet through the Earth's crust, if you know what I'm saying. And Mannequin, too, was a sequel where they're almost remaking the original film. But enough of that. We're talking about the two Jakes. So, after a big search for actors, originally it was supposed to be Robert Evans, the producer... The person they chose to be the other Jake, uh, Jake Berman, it was uh, Harvey Keitel, who listeners might know from Pulp Fiction, or uh, a lot of the original uh, Bad Lieutenant movie, not the one with Nicolas Cage, the one from the 90s. And of course, uh, Taxi Driver, the duelist. Heck, he was even in Thelma and Louis. That's a very good point, Jack. So... You look at this, but when The Two Jakes was made, it was made right after Jack Nicholson made Batman, playing the Joker, which we covered earlier on the sequel cast several episodes ago. You look at what happened. You know, the Batman was such a huge hit, and Jack Nicholson took such a huge uh, percentage of the, the profits from the movie, as was part of his contract, that this enabled him to make The Two Jakes. He could kind of do whatever he wanted. Well, you know, it's also just kind of traditional. When you're a serious actor, you, you, you want to do a blockbuster. That's where you get your money. But you also, you also make a piece of what you think is going to be Oscar bait. That might be true. You look at the two Jakes, and uh, it's written by Robert Town, the same writer as the original, and Robert Evans, a producer in the original, did a little bit of producing work on this, although because of strained relations with Jack Nicholson and Robert Evans at the time, he didn't do as much as he might have otherwise and you look the two jakes it's an old-fashioned detective picture and after all of that it's a story that's too convoluted for its own good you can have twists and turns and chinatown certainly had that but the two jakes it's almost like you're getting a pizza with uh, 20 toppings nobody needs that many toppings you just cut it down to five i think people might be able to enjoy it a lot more well, unless you're some kind of Ninja Turtle, referring back to another recent series we've covered. Well, Ninja Turtles, like marshmallows but, and you know, anchovies on their pizzas. But Jack, Jack Nicholson, he, he's a simple man. He doesn't... Anyway. Well, well you know, cause what it is, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, they, they, they think a, a mystery should be complicated. But the fact is convoluted and incomprehensible are not ingredients you find in a good mystery. Sure, and there's a fine line between a big cast of characters and a, a small... It's almost like with movies, you look at the amount of characters in a movie, and if it's less, in some ways, it's more like a stage play. But you can know the characters better, be able to follow the story better. There's such a thing as uh, too many cooks... Uh, killing the broth, killing the soup, however the expression goes. And too, too many cooks spoil the broth, is I think the what broth. you're looking yeah. for. So, 
you look in here with the with the two Jakes, it starts out a little bit like the original, as you might recall. A big part. Well, sure, of course, there is, is a bit of a time shift, though. Chinatown was was pre-war, and of course, two Jakes. Well, we got uh, post-war. 1948, sure, and uh, this movie was supposed to be made when Jack Nicholson was 10 years older than the part. And, in in fact, when they actually made this film, he was 15 or 16 years older. But regardless of all that, he um, he gained 30 well, no, pounds for the part. No, no, there, there's a whole... Uh... There's a whole tie-in prequel comic to the two Jakes where it explains how during World War II, a Nazi experiment aged him about five years. I see. That's the uh, little-known comic, One and a Half Jakes. Half-baked Jake, we call it in the industry. Sure. Very difficult to find. But back to the two Jakes. It starts out with uh, Jack Nicholson's character, Jake Giddes, looking through his camera, taking photos of people having an affair. You might recall Chinatown opened with uh, photographs that um, he had taken of another couple doing this similar thing. Well, well people, you, you, you mean people having the sex. People having infidelity, the sex. Infidelity, buddy. Yeah. Yes, infidelity. Jack Nicholson knows a little bit about that, so I've been told. So, as we're talking about... The two Jakes. It opens up with that. He's still a detective. He has a whole Giddy's detective agency. He's gotten more successful in the uh, in the decade, you know, since Chinatown was supposed to take place. And he's still making some money from well, the, the whole neighborhood investigator. Hell, the office is right next door to an oil rig. Yes, and the, this whole mystery in this one starts out where Giddy's gets a call. And he has a client whose name is also Jake, called Jake Berman instead of Jake Giddies, and that's the character that's played by Harvey Keitel. And when you look at what he he thinks his wife is, knows his wife is committing adultery, so he conducts a sort of sting, and he knows his wife is committing adultery with his former uh, partner, his former police partner on the force, because Jake Berman is a police officer. And when they go in, Jake Giddies goes with them, the unknown to uh, Jack Nicholson, Harvey Keitel, has a gun on him and in a fit of rage pulls out the gun and kills the man committing adultery on his wife. So, now, of course, is it a fit of rage or was this premeditated? That's the, the first real angle on this mystery. Exactly. And that's the whole conf- that's a major conflict in the two Jakes. It's not a mystery of who done it. We know. Jake Berman clearly shot the the man having the affair with his wife. We know he did it, but if it's premeditated or not, that results in how big of a sentence someone gets. If it's in a fit of rage in the moment, you get a lesser sentence than you get if you uh, premeditated and thought, okay, I'm going to take this gun with me ex- excessively for the purpose of shooting this person who's uh, cheating, having an affair with my wife. Wait a minute, did you just confess to having an affair with my wife? It's in the movie, Jack. It's in the movie. So, you, know, you, you get to be my age, you, you know, the, the, the line between fantasy, reality, and movie magic starts to blur. So in The Two Jakes, you have a few uh, actresses that are a little bit well-known. Not superstars or anything, but you have 
Meg Tilly stories as Kitty Berman, the uh, the wife of the partner of Jake Berman. Or hey, that, no, sorry, no, she is Jake or she is Jake Berman's Kitty wife. Berman. I'm sorry, sorry. Yes, Kitty Berman. It's getting a little bit. Yeah, she's confused. also the sister of Jennifer Tilly. You remember her from Child's Play Four? Child. My personal favorite, At Home with the Webbers, with Jeffrey Tambor. I never saw At Home with the Webbers, but uh, Child's Play yeah, Four. Child's Play 4, there is no movie called that. That's actually called Bride of Chucky, and she's also in the fifth oh, movie. Bride of Chucky. Well, well, she's in the fourth fifth movie. in the series. Jeff. Sure, fourth, fourth in the series. Old men can forget things sometimes. However, she's Adam also... Meg Kelly is also in a movie called Bound, and she's also in the fifth Child's Play film, Seed of Chucky. Speaking of Bound, I wouldn't mind tying her to a headboard, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it might even help her career. She she never really took off as well as people thought she might have. Oh, she she's taken plenty off in her time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just watch Bound. But uh, back to the two Jakes. And if also, it's all internet. It's not uh, slanderous. No. You know, it also stars uh, Madeline Stowe as uh, Lillian Bodine. People might recognize her from a Robert Altman film called Shortcuts. So you look at this uh you look at this cast compared to the first, although you have a few you have some returning actors. You do not have a uh, a heavyweight like John Houston. So the star power I or Faye Dunaway, you know, in the first film. So I don't think the star power is quite there. Perhaps that affected the box office for the two Jakes. <laughs> I don't know. You also got to consider when Chinatown came out in 1974, at that point, a, a detective film noir was really old-fashioned. Now, when The Two Jakes came out, it was 1990, 16 years later. That seemed even more old-fashionedly antiquated. That could not have helped this movie at the box office, which cost $19 million, and in the uh, United States only grossed $10 million. Yeah, things like that weren't really going to take off until uh, until L.A. Confidential. And even then, with these detective movies, only one takes off every once in a while. It, it hasn't been a very long. It's been a very long time since films uh, that are a detective genre have you know been hits one after the other after the other. Well, hey, buddy, nothing succeeds like success. If you know what I mean? Nothing succeeds like success. The two jakes. Hey, and nothing yes. gets me incensed like incest. Well, you're talking I, I, I about the original Chinatown. But hey, you know, you know something this movie did have. Yes. Tom Waits as a plainclothes police officer. Boy, that man shows up in the strangest movie. Tom Waits has been in a lot of films. He was even in a, a recent Terry Gilliam picture, which was the last movie Heath Ledger was in, called The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. But he's better known for his music career than his acting. In fact, he played the part of uh, uh, Renfeld in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. And originally, Tim Curry won that part. But he wasn't able to even read audition for the part, see, because... Coppola already uh, cast Tom Waits in the part. Hey, man, Coppola's a genius. He knows who he wants. He does. He does. It might have been fun to see Tim Curry in that movie. But also, originally, Bram Stoker's Dracula was supposed to star Johnny Depp instead of Keanu Reeves. But the studio made Keanu the lead, so... Well, can't blame him for trying, but I'll tell you what about Coppola... 
Man makes a mighty fine wine. He does. They, they're they a little bit expensive for what you get at a grocery store, but I, I do quite enjoy their wine, the Coppola Vineyards. But back to the two... Him and, him and Tommy Smothers, man. Tommy Smothers has a wine? Yeah, the, Smoth, the Smothers Brothers, they, they own a little vineyard out there. They, uh, they, pr- they produce their own b- bottles of wine. Remember, remember you, you, you kids at home, you're, you remember the Smothers Brothers, right? Dick and Tommy? I've seen them on occasion. Haven't seen a clip of their show in a while. You don't see the Smothers Brothers, man. You experience the Smothers Brothers. Well, we should probably mosey on back to China ta- or to the Two Jakes, the uh, sequel to Chinatown. So this movie's plot's... yeah, I guess that is what we're here to talk about. Sure, this movie's plot's very convoluted. It has so many plot twists, I could not even keep them straight when I was watching the film, and I assure you listeners, I did watch this movie, and I can barely remember any of it. So many things go on. So you don't, not only do you have conflict in the movie between the Jake Giddies character played by Jack Nicholson and Jake Berman played by Harvey Keitel, you have that conflict in the movie because Jack Nicholson was there when it happened, and Jake Berman is claiming he did it in the moment. It wasn't premeditated the whole time, so there's friction between them. You also have a huge scandal going on between uh, oil fields, which sort of parallels in the first movie, the uh, conflict going on with the water in Los Angeles. Yeah, I've got something to say. Uh, I don't know if this is based on anything that actually happened, but don't don't you find it odd that Jake J.J. Guides has his, or Giddies as they pronounce it in this film, that it's odd that, that he's next door to an oil well. It's a little bit strange. Part of it is the thematic plan Robert Town had for the trilogy from the beginning. You see, Chinatown dealt with water. The Two Jakes was meant to deal with fire, meaning the oil fields, and the third film, which is unmade as of uh, 2011 at this point, is supposed to be called Giddes versus Giddes, and it's about uh, Giddes, uh, Jack Nicholson's character, getting a divorce, and was going to deal with the element of air, meaning privacy, and was even supposed to have elements in there with the uh, the character Howard Hughes as a character in that in that film, which is not made at this point. I I don't even know. There's I don't know if it's a script or an outline that exists for that one currently, but. Jack Nicholson keeps on bringing it up. It might be a nice grace note in his career for the for uh, to do a, to top off the uh, Chinatown saga with a, the final film in the trilogy as was intended from the beginning. Well, as long as he can go out on a high note, but I'll tell you what: in that equation, the element of Earth isn't getting much love, if you know what I mean. The element, of course, then again. If the third one doesn't work, say there for the fourth. Make that the high note. Just keep plugging at it till you succeed, you know. Well, Jack Nicholson's getting so old now, I I wonder when he's going to be able to. uh, If he will ever make this third film, I think it's sort of unlikely. But if he does, that that would be a very interesting thing. I think that'd be nice to see. Well, Well, just make it a CGI young Jack, like they did in that Neutron Legacy. That would look very scary indeed. He doesn't look scary on his own? He looks a little bit scary on his own, but with a a CG nip and tuck, he'd he'd have an interesting look to him. Well, I'll tell you what, that man gets any older, he's going to be playing Yoda. 
who knows? There's rumors George Lucas wants to do a Star Wars movie focusing just on Yoda. So, But he's busy doing a cartoon Clone Wars show, and we're not talking about Star Wars yet here on SequelCast. We're focusing on the two Jakes. We got a while to go, listeners. We're in for the long haul. As I mentioned, the plot gets very convoluted. You also have the local mafias rupping up Giddis. And it all ties together with he has problems also with the local police because there's characters in the first film that has a son in uh, in this one. And he wasn't able to get the original actor because of the co- with, because of the casting. I'm being a little bit vague here. Well, that's only because few records about how this movie was made survived. That's very true. It's very difficult to find things out about the making of the two Jakes. Uh, Hell, it's difficult to find the movie in the first place, man. That's very true. The Two Jakes, I think, is an out-of-print DVD, and uh, although you might be able to rent it on Xbox Live or PlayStation Network, but that can get very expensive. It's something, those online rental services, you you rent it, and you can only watch it once in a 24-hour period. It's like a self-exploding bomb or something. But you look at the Two Jakes... It was uh, released on DVD as a standalone version. Later, got released as a collector's edition. But the only special thing about the collector's edition is a 20-minute documentary where Jack Nicholson talks about the film in the broadest of terms, how he liked the film, how uh, it didn't do well at the box office. He still thinks it's a it's a very good picture, and he had a good time making it. So it doesn't tell you any any of the nitty gritty really behind the scenes. And I do want to point out, The Two Jakes is the third and final film so far that Jack Nicholson has directed. A lot of people might not realize he even directed a movie at all. Hell, some people after seeing this might still not think he's directed a movie. (laughs) So with uh, the three films he's directed, in case our listeners are wondering, he made his directorial debut in 1971 with uh, Drive, He Said, his second film he directed was Going South in 1978. And uh, the most recent thing he directed, of course, was The Two Jakes in 1990. So maybe he'll get to direct another film before he uh, passes away. I have no You're idea. getting kind of grim there, Jack. Well, in my old age, I uh, sort of thing just come to mind. The Two Jakes, it's so difficult to describe because so much happens in it that even if I did try to give a detailed plot synopsis, oh, looks like we're getting a uh, call. We're going to have a, a special guest join us. This, we are talking about a movie called The Two Jakes. I'm Jack Nicholson. I'm talking with my friend Jack Nicholson. We're also well, with- Jack, uh, I have to say this is probably my favorite movie that I've ever made. Uh, he wasn't in this one, was he? Jack Nicholson? Yeah. Yes, this was a sequel to Chinatown. Uh, Chinatown starred Jack yeah, Nicholson. In it. Is he? Yes, he's in it. He was in the first one, too. Jack Nicholson. He's in it. Yes. Yeah, well, of course he's in the first one. That's the one I wanted to talk about, but you're talking about a sequel that I've never, ever heard of or seen. That's all right. Thrasher, I mean, the other Jack hasn't seen it either, so. Hey, man, don't ruin my credibility. World War II, it didn't have too many toys. I only had three Jacks there. I appear to actually know something about it. And this is Jersey Jack, if anybody cares. I've been been away. (laughs) That's all right. It's good to have you back, Jersey Jack. Uh, I was actually, I I was frozen in a labyrinth. Uh, 
I thought you were in a play down in Savannah. That's a wonderful movie. Ah, yes, and also I have no connection to actually connect to. Oh, you're using it. How about that? Adultery and murder and the money that comes from oil. So the first movie is about water. The second movie is about oil. That's correct. We, we, are, we already talked about the elemental theory. Well, let's talk about Meg Tilly, because god damn, she was hot. Meg Tilly was quite a tasty little number. I shouldn't say was. She's still alive. But I wish her career would have gotten better. Was, wasn't was she in... Uh... Is she? Hey, Jack, are, are you saying you'd like to tickle the Tilly? Yeah. Yes, I'd like to tickle the Tilly. Meg Tilly was also in another sequel, Psycho 2. And... Yeah, that's the one where they kill the premise. Oh. <laughs> Psycho 2 has some interesting things, but we're not talking about that right now in the sequel cast. But this show is full of tangents because this movie is very complicated. I can barely remember it myself because of so many oh. plot twists. And well, let me talk a little bit about, can I talk a little bit about um, Noir? Yes. I love, I've just gotten really into uh, detective stories like... Um, uh, some there's some great ones. Uh, there's some comedic ones as well, but uh, some of the old uh, Thin Man series. A friend of mine got me interested in, and uh, I've been trying to like find some more new war movies. Like there's one about a guy who goes in after killing everybody who uh, was responsible for him being poisoned. They come to kill. Him, he kills everybody that poisoned him. So he puts himself in. He, he goes to the cops to tell them that he's the victim. I, I, I didn't understand it, but it was fun. But I love detective movies, and I think Jack Nicholson is very good at being kind of sleazy and, and, and still looking good and looking tough and then having the times when... I love when he when Jack is surprised that there's somebody better than him out there or sleazier or, or harder. In the, in the first movie, you have um, the, the guy who cuts his nose. I mean, just the look of his surprise, even though he's shorter. He's the guy who, like, has the knife. I love that. I love when Jack, I love when um, Jake Geitz, uh, Jack, Jake Geitz? How do you pronounce that? Jake Giddies. Giddies? Guys, hello? Yes, Jake Giddies. Jake, it's the two Jakes, man. I love when he's confronted by other people. And, and again, to put him up against people, with people, um, like Harvey Keitel. And who's the big guy? Who's the bad guy in this? Harvey Keitel's one of the bad guys in this film. There's several different villains, but I think Harvey Keitel might be the closest you can find. The plot gets extremely convoluted in this film, but I agree. You don't see that many detective movies, and I, I think it's a shame Jack Nicholson hasn't made more in his career. And can we talk a little bit about how awesome an actor James Hong is? Yes, that's a good point. James Hong is, a, is an Asian actor, as you might guess from the name, and not only was he in the uh, original Chinatown, he's also in the sequel. And he's he's in movies like Blade Runner is what I recognize him from. Mm-hmm. And Balls of Fury. He's in Balls of Fury, too, my goodness. Don't forget Big Trouble in Little China. He's also done, he's also done yeah, he's also done a bunch of uh, voices and stuff. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, uh, was he a coup in, um, oh God, what was it? Uh, Jack, uh, no. The Shape-Shifting Master of Darkness from uh, Samurai, Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack. You got it. Yes, absolutely. God, he was, he, again, he's awesome. 
Yeah, he's, and again, he is such a he is such a voice that is so distinct. But when you see him on the screen, I think he has an amazing uh, screen presence as well. Um, even though he's only used he's used in very small parts, except when he's the villain. You never see him. You never see him really as the good guy or the guy. Yeah, he's never really the good guy. Why is that? Hey man, James Hong is good at being bad. I think it might be because you look at Asian actors and for a long time they didn't have roles in movies at all and when they did they were sometimes portrayed in the villainous light. Mm. So that's improved a little bit since then but still in a lot of movies Asian actors will be cast as the uh, karate master or maybe the sidekick to a bad guy. You don't see a lot of films even now with Asians in in the lead in in a in a normal sort of film unless you know it's a movie made a Chinese or a Japanese or Korean movie. But looking at American film, can you think of a movie where an Asian actor played the lead and was big, uh, you know, in a positive light? Jackie Chan. That's a good point. But Jackie it didn't involve kung fu or some sort of karate, Jet Li or Jackie Chan. But you're still falling back on the martial arts, man. Hey, what about Harry Kim from Voyager? Now in Miss Miyagi, when you talk about, yeah, uh, Pat Moriana. Uh, Played by Garrett Wang. I'm sorry, what does the character from Voyager have to do with uh, the two Jakes? A positively portrayed Asian. I'm sorry, sir. He was an operations officer on the USS Voyager. Oh, now I have a question, because I came in late. How far after Chinatown does this one take place? It's supposed to take place, uh, I think, about 10 years after the original, but it was made about 16 years after the first one. Yeah, yeah, so 1940, the uh, Two Jakes takes place in 1948, and uh, so Chinatown takes place in 1937. So, of course, you've got Mr. Mr. Nicholson. Sure. Uh, you've got him looking much older. Well, he made this uh, right after <gasps> Batman. Um, and after this came Wolf, correct? Um, yes. But yeah, but yeah, he's he's kind of in his he's kind of getting up there in years. Um, but he he looks his character looks a lot haggard, and I really want to know what kind of a toll that the movie took on his character to to I guess put him on the path of the right and righteous, or put him back on the path of being a sleazy detective. I mean, he's still kind of sleazy. Kind of he's still kind of sleazy in this in this movie. And and one thing the two Jakes does do, you reminded me, uh, uh, Jersey Jack is that in this film, sort of like Chinatown, you sort of have a feeling of the oppressive heat of California in an era when you did not really have air conditioning. So you see characters constantly sweating all the time. And you get that in the two Jakes as well. And that adds to Jack Nicholson's portrayal of Jake Giddes looking very, very sweaty, tired, old. In fact, there is a there is a sex scene in the movie he has I, I can't not even recall what character mm. it's with. And he's huffing and puffing as he's taking his shirt off and telling the, the lady to go down and all, go on all fours and wait for him to catch up. He even takes a sip of water. Everybody was wearing, everybody was wearing those suits. Yes, that's also true. Full-piece business suits and the, the heat in California anyway. <laughs> it adds to the feeling of the, of the film. You sort of feel to the, uh, the struggles of what's going on. Heck, now I'm getting kind of sweaty, Jack. You wouldn't want Jack getting sweaty. That's an awful, awful thing after too much time. I think to wrap up the two Jacks, I just want to point out here 
Did we both do terrible Jack Nicholson impersonations? Not only that we both do horrible Jack Nicholson impersonations, but it's a sequel that's okay. It's a detective movie. There's not many of those made. In fact, if you look online, there's a really interesting defense of the film done by uh, Max Allen Collins, who was a writer of a comic book called... uh, Road to Perdition, and he's done some sequels to that and so forth, and he's a big fan of noir, and he really enjoys the two Jakes. He has a really nice review of the film um, up on the, I cannot recall the website at this time. He gives a good defense of it, and it's tricky, because when you look at detective films, not many are made, especially in modern times. I think the two Jakes as a mystery works okay. You have to pay very close attention when you're watching it. And uh, as long as you keep in mind it's no Chinatown, I think you might be mildly pleased with it. I cannot give it a complete recommendation. You can't let those details slip past you, man. You've got to be eagle-eyed. Okay, so uh, I hope you liked this episode on the two Jakes. I want to wrap things up by revealing what we're going to talk about for the next series of films on the sequel cast. We, Lay it on me, buddy. Okay, I gave up my Jack Nicholson impersonation. I'm Uncle Milkshake, unless he couldn't figure that out. But Thrasher was still going with his, and we had Jersey Jason on briefly as Jersey Jack. I'm going to commit to this terrible accent, even if it kills me, and I bet it will. So on Facebook, we've had a lot of neat people talking about Facebook, or <laughs> talking about sequel cast on our, if you look on Facebook, search SequelCast, you'll find our SequelCast page. And, of course, our website at SequelCast.com. You can send us an email, SequelCast at gmail.com. Uh, we had a, a listener, Luis, was talking about suggestions and movies we can do. And something he suggested was something I've been thinking about doing for a long time. And um, so for the next series of episodes, are you excited about this, Jack? I'll be excited as soon as you tell me what it is, because this is news to me, folks. Yep. We're going to be covering, in the next uh, month, we're going to take a look at all four Indiana Jones films on the sequel cast. Holy shit. Is that holy shit in a good way? or It's something I've been thinking about. It, you know, Well, it's holy shit in a good way, a bad way, a good way, and a bad way. <laughs> right. And... Um, Indiana Jones is a series that has its up and down, and we'll also touch a bit on the TV show and some of the video games. There hasn't been too many of those over the years, I think. But um, it's Indiana Jones. There's been two. Well, there's been more than two video games, I guess. There's been one TV show, the Young Indiana Jones. Two that were worth playing. Yeah, no, sure. And we'll we'll get into that uh, on, I guess, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull episode. I don't know if we have enough to make that its own show of the spinoffs. With Indiana Jones, it's a series where it's like James Bond, where the films stand apart from each other. If you watch one after the other, you're not going to gain anything necessarily, although they might make references to previous characters in a loose sense. You can watch. It's a series where you can watch the movies out of order, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, I'd say so. I know I saw them out of order. And we'll get into. Hey, I tell you what. Yes. When we do when we do Temple of Doom, how about a talk like short round for an hour? How's that? Oh God, really? Like short round? I do not like Temple I, of I, Doom. I, no time for love, Doctor Jones. Oh no. I, I I take that as a challenge, Sparky. No, this isn't. <laughs> we did imitations of Jack Nicholson for the two Jakes. 
to uh, A, to help pad out the time, and B, for an, an amusing experiment. But well, this is getting very <laughs> meta. On the sequel cast, we're talking about... There, milkshake. This dude, Jake's episode, is going to be unique. There is not going to be an episode like it before or after. Um, it, it, it's airing. Well, yeah, we won't have any more listeners after. I, I hope the idea is to always get more listeners. Hey, hey, how how about we how about we just you know quote famous lines from other movies in the Jack Nicholson voice? That, Luke, that, I am your father. Hey, oh, you mean lines from other films as Jack Nicholson? Well, that's what I was thinking. Okay, no, no, that's Where fine. Get low me, to me. Yeah, let me. Uh, let's do that to wrap it out. It'll be an obs- uh, a weird comedy bit on a very weird episode of the sequel cast that at one point is meant to be covering the uh, the, the two call it, We'll call it Who's on Jack. Okay. So this segment of the sequel cast, Jack and Jack, will be doing uh, a segment called... Uh, what did you say it was? I couldn't even remember. <laughs> Jack, Jack's on first, or Who's on Jack? Who's on Jack, but I'll take, I see. So you go first with a movie quote, then I'll go. We won't, we won't say what movie well, well, we're just, talking just, about. Well, all, all I want to say is that uh, the Jack attack is back, Mac. <laughs> is that a quote? But seriously, as far as, as far as we're talking about quotes, okay, let me get into character here. We're going to need a bigger boat. And as we say these lines of dialogue, I have a challenge to the listeners of the sequel cast. If you can identify as Did many I, movies of quotes, if, if you can identify what movies we're doing these quotes from, uh, we'll talk about you on the next show. I can't guarantee there'll be a prize, but you'll get a special mention. Well, hey, if one of you can do a more convincing Jack Nicholson impersonation, we'll play you on the show. That's another. That. That's an excellent challenge. If you have a Jack Nicholson impersonation you want us to play in SequelCast, send it to SequelCast at gmail.com. So you did... Can you do your line again, Thrasher, now that we laid out the Sure, rules? sure, let me... We're going to need a bigger boat. Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. I'm not just another pretty face. My precious. May the Schwartz be with you. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what I am. No disassemble Johnny Five. It's a sunny, woodsy day in Lumberton, so get those chainsaws out. This is the mighty W-O-O-D. At the sound of the falling tree, it's 9.30. There's a whole lot of wood out there, so let's get going. Let's build a snowman. Get away from her, you bitch. Good morning, Vietnam. But love don't make things nice. It ruins everything. It breaks your heart. It makes things a mess. We aren't here to make things perfect. The snowflake is perfect. The stars are perfect. Not us. Not us. We are here to ruin ourselves and to break our hearts and love the wrong people and die. Are you our man in Santa Flan? I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time like tears and rain. Time to die. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. The royal penis is clean, your highness. The name's Bond. James Bond. 
where does he get those wonderful toys? It's the Blair Witch. Money talks and bullshit walks. I didn't kill him. I gave him life. All right, pussy, pussy, pussy. Come on in, pussy lovers. Here at the Titty Twister, we're slashing pussy in half. Give us an offer on our vast selection of pussy. This is a pussy blowout. All right, we got white pussy, black pussy, Spanish pussy, yellow pussy. We got hot pussy, cold pussy. We got wet pussy. We got smelly pussy. We got hairy pussy, bloody pussy. We got snapping pussy. We got silk pussy, velvet pussy, naga hide pussy. We even got those horse pussy, dog pussy, chicken pussy. Come on, you want pussy? Come on in, pussy lovers. If we don't got it, you don't want it. Come on in, pussy lovers for the listeners to find out. If you know what any of these quotes these movies are from, send us an email at sequelcast at gmail.com. Let's for do... the love of all things bright and beautiful, you've got to tell me what that last one was. It's turkey time, huh? Gobble, gobble. Infantilism is a perfectly normal sexual act. You want to know how I got these scars. My father was a drinker and a fiend. And one night, he goes off crazier than usual. Mommy gets the kitchen knife to defend herself. He doesn't like that, not one bit. So me watching, he takes the knife to her, laughing while he does it. He turns to me and he says, why so serious? He comes at me with the knife, why so serious? He sticks the blade in my mouth, let's put a smile on that face. And why so serious? To crush your enemies, to see them driven before you, to hear the lamentations of their women. Oh, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. So we did what? a... We did, we did a highlight of movie quotes from different movies. Uh, this is Uncle Milkshake. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the sequel cast. Uh, supposed to be on The Two Jakes, starring Jack Nicholson. It got a little bit off track. We uh, did it in character, in case people were wondering, as Jack Nicholson and Jack Nicholson. Uh, Thrasher and I and Jason hey. was on briefly. Uh, Pete, when you go off track with Jack, you don't want to go back. <laughs> I never want to go back. Hope the uh, imitations of Jack Nicholson were, were pleasant enough. Um, I, I do want to point out in the next month, the next series of movies we'll be covering on the sequel cast will be all four Indiana Jones movies, consisting of Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. This is. Uh, Isn't there an Indiana Jones and the Revenge of the Fallen in there somewhere? There's not an Indiana Jones uh, Revenge of the Fallen, although one uh, one title that was proposed. A question for Tor, Uncle. One uh, one title that was proposed for the fourth Indiana Jones film was Indiana Jones and the Son of Indiana Jones, and that was a rejected title. So that's a little bit of trivia for you there. Uh, Some of the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. So this is um, Uncle Milkshake. And Jack Thrasher. Saying. A man can't live without golf. No, saying, saying marriage has made more liars out of men than golf. But a man can't live without golf. Okay. Uh, sure to tune in next week for the uh, sequel cast. Get past episodes at sequelcast.com. Thanks. Hey, Uncle Milkshake with the sequel cast again. I thought it might be fun for a bonus for this episode to look at the evolution the sequel cast theme song has had. This uh, podcast, the sequel cast, has been around for 
little bit over a year, and in that time we've had three different variations of the same theme song. First, we're going to listen to the original theme song, which was improvised in one take by Thrasher, Jersey Jason, and myself. I uh, sang and improvised the lyrics on the spot, and Jersey Jason and Thrasher provided uh, the acapella instrumental style backup. It has a real weird sound to it. It sounds a little bit jazzy, maybe a bit spoken word, like uh, some of William Shatner's albums. I think that was certainly an inspiration there. But here's the original cut of the sequel cast theme song. There was a podcast called the Sequel Cast. They talked about movies. And they talked about something else called boobies. The Sequel Cast. It's the Sequel Cast. It's the Sequel Cast. www.sequelcast.com. You know, about around the time we did the Ghostbusters uh, on SequelCast, I had recently gotten myself an iPod Touch. And with that, I, you know, got crazy about getting all different apps for it for a dollar a piece, more or less. And I got something called IMT-Pain, which is an app that makes your voice sound like it's uh, auto-tuned. So it, it sounds very mechanical and distorted, like in current pop music. So I recorded uh, myself doing a uh, vocal-only version of the sequel cast theme song with that vocoder and slapped it on the uh, intro to uh, one of the Ghostbusters episodes. This got Thrasher uh, fairly upset. He thought it sounded awful, and we haven't used it since, but you're going to listen to it right now. Here's the auto-tuned version of the sequel cast theme song. There was a podcast called the sequel cast. They talked about movies. And they talked about something else called boobies. It's the sequel cast. It's the sequel cast. It's the sequel cast. www.sequelcast.com And now, back with the original version of the sequel cast theme song. We know it had low production value. It sounded extremely cheesy. So Thrasher has been t- saying for a while, Oh, I'm going to do a new version. And uh, lo and behold, you know, a month or two ago, he came out with a new version that sounds great. In fact, I even thought he used instruments for it, but he just, you know, harmonized himself and everything's a cappella. He just, it's like five or six different vocal tracks of himself doing the background. The lyrics are the same in all three versions. But this is the, uh, I'm I'm not going to say final, but it's the current version of the sequel cast theme song. There was a podcast called the Sequel Cast that talked about movies. Movies. And they also talked about something else called movies. Movies. It's the Sequel Cast. Oh yeah, the Sequel Cast. It's the Sequel Cast. www.sequelcast.com. Well, this is Uncle Milkshake with the sequel cast again. I hope you enjoyed this look at the uh, three different theme songs we've had since we started this show. Remember, if you have answers for the movie quote trivia we have at the end of this episode, email them to sequelcast at gmail.com. And of course, like always, you can uh, talk to us through the Facebook page. If you go to Facebook, search up sequel cast, we have a page on there. 
or um, of course there's sequelcast.com if you want to download the episodes and you can hear episodes air uh, live 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesdays at cascadia.fm an internet streaming radio station this is uh, Uncle Milkshake and have a pleasant tomorrow the sequel cast airs Wednesdays 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific time on cascadia.fm online internet streaming radio you can also download episodes of the sequel cast from www.sequelcast.com